Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones Tower of Babel Breakdown. This is for Season 5, Episode 3, uh, The High Sparrow. So as always, I'm Julian. Uh, I haven't read any of the books. Uh, I'm joined as always, except for last week, <laughs> Daniel D'Souza. What's up? Um, he was. You were away on uh, on vacation. Um, and for those who listen to our other podcasts, know that uh, we haven't done uh, one in two weeks, but we'll hope to get one out soon. Um, we did have Cliff uh, fill in for you last week. Did you get a chance to listen to that show at all? I have not yet. No. Mm-hmm. You should you should check it out and see what it's like uh, without the you here. <laughs> um, it's actually quite refreshing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, let's just let's go. Uh, we'll start with let's. Give me your impressions of last week's episode, just kind of overall, and then we'll uh, just get your idea of it, and then we'll go into this one. Uh, I think I was saying to you before we started recording, I watched the episodes back-to-back, so they kind of blend together for me a bit. Um, I remember the second episode being much better than the first for me anyways. I was very disappointed with the first. It was kind of boring. And at least like some certain storylines had some movement, so I like seeing that. Although Daenerys is still kind of really annoying me. Yeah. Uh, she does. She does. She goes through these phases where she's, at, she's super yeah. cool, or she's like really like really lame <laughs> and i guess that's that's why the dragons don't like her either yeah so um yeah i kind of I'm, I'm i'm with you that it was better than the first episode but if you mm-hmm. like, i you guys listened to me last week <clears throat> you guys don't have to hear what i have to say again but yeah I, it still wasn't i don't know i think i need to rewatch them both and then write some stuff but. Mm-hmm. fair enough um any other thoughts on last week's episode at all I really don't remember what happened. <laughs> okay. Like, Arya went to the House of Black and White. That's that's all I remember. Mm, okay. Well, then let's get into this episode because yeah. I'm really excited about it. Um, if you guys follow us on Twitter, at Tower Babblecast on Twitter, you will know kind of I, uh, how much what I think about this episode. Um, I'm really excited. So let's, I don't want to spoil my overall impression. So let's get right into it. It started in uh, Bravos. And... Uh, Picking up where Arya left off at the House of Black and White, we find out, we, we don't know right away, but that turns out the scene is in the inside of that building. Um, and it starts with some shots of different statues that seem vaguely familiar. Um, is there any reason they seem vaguely familiar? Yeah, there's a bunch of different religions, like some of which we're familiar with, like the, the Werewood Tree. See, that's the one they, that, I, that I was like, yeah, I know that one. There's that one, and then there's also a flaming heart on the wall. That's Roller, that's Melisandre's religion. Mm. So it's like a mix. It's like a mixture of different religions. Yeah, there's a bunch of different religions. Uh, <clears throat> out of the out of the faith of the seven, I think the only statue that's there is the stranger, who kind of represents death. And that's mm-hmm. like we already know that's kind of what that place is all about. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's 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 weird. Like you don't even in like our real life world, you don't really see places where like they combine a not variety a lot, of no. like religious um, like figures together like that in you know not at least in a serious way like they have it's it's very odd you know yeah. um so we see Arya sweeping the floor she does that a lot this episode um, <laughs> that's all she does <laughs> jack and, job. yeah jack and hagar gives some guy some water from this like well that they have in there he proceeds to die pass out i'm not sure it's not really clear i guess um but it seems like he di- he he's dead right yeah we can presume that. Yeah, it's safe to assume that okay yeah. um so my question is, what's going on? I have literally... I'm going to, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to like, we come back to her three times in this episode. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit. I really, really like this episode a lot. Except yeah. for this stuff, which I was, like, just scratching my head the whole time. So I'm just going to go through all of it, this her whole story all together at the same time, instead of jumping back and forth like the episode yeah. did. 
Um, so at, after that first scene, I'm still, I'm like, what is going? I li- like more. There's literally more questions than there is answers since the last episode when there was literally nothing but questions. You know. So now yeah. it's like just questions. It's like I'm watching Lost, and none of my questions are being answered, and just more questions are building on top of them. You know, um, which I guess maybe is their. I think that is the point, right? Like, because that's also what Arya, like, she has nothing but questions at this point either. She has no idea what she's doing in this place. Mm -hmm. So So she's as lost as the audience is. Wonderful. (laughs) That's always always exciting to watch. Um, So, and then later we see her in her, like, uh, her chambers, like, her bedroom, which is just like a bed and a wall, essentially. Um, which to me, it seems actually more difficult to build a bed into a wall than it would be to just have a bed, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, um, like it, it seems like it's like really like bare bones, Simplistic, but like that's yeah. like much more like I would, I would like to have a bed built into a wall. Like that's something that would be difficult to do. Yeah. You know? It'd be a lot easier to just throw some, like a pile of wood together on the, in the or corner. That, or just have some straw, you know, yeah. some, some wheat on the floor, you know? Um, anyway, so she's in there. And then that the other chick that we kind of see walking around the building uh, comes in and starts hitting her with a stick, um, and they're, she said. And then you know, she's like goes to go grab her sword, and then Jack and Hagar you know walks in. And he's like, "What's going on here?" And then there's like she's like, "Oh, we're just playing." Uh, and she says something about the game of faces, which again don't know what that is. Another question, I'm like what? And then he has Jack Nagar actually has a couple great lines. Yeah. I don't feel like he has anything but awesome. Like one liners, <laughs> you know, like his earlier on, he's like, uh, he, he like, we kind of skipped over it, but he has this moment where he talks about like, like what's going, like, or is kind of asking what's going on here? And she's like, he's like, well, there's only one God, everyone, um, uh, you know, his name. Like at the and, end of the day, you're all worshiping the same God. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he said, you know his name and everyone knows his gift or something like that, which I presume is life, um, you know. I no, guess. I think he's I think he's talking about death, right? Like that, like he gave the, that gift to that dude from the fountain and then that dude died. Mm, I guess. I don't, that's literally the exact opposite of what I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so that doesn't really clear up anything, but it is cool. It's a cool line, right? And then he mentions that, you know, she's... She's there. He wants. She wants to serve, and she's only serving herself, right? Uh, yeah, because she's then, on her revenge mission. Yeah. So then he has another great line about how you know how is somebody who wants to be nobody is surrounded by Arya's clothes and sword and silver, you know, which is also awesome. Um, so next thing we see is her throwing all of her like her shit away, uh, you know, her clothes, her silver, which she could have easily just given to somebody. Or, <laughs> you know, but like she could have just given it, she, yeah, you know, like yeah. you could have donated it, to, yeah, but whatever. Um, so like, but she burn victims or something, yeah, yeah, burn, yeah, burn victims. <laughs> is that, is it's that, just close to my heart right yeah, now, I guess. <laughs> um, and then, but she's and it looks like she's gonna throw her sword in, needle, she doesn't, she pauses there for a bit. Um, my question is, I don't remember, is Needle also Valyrian steel? No, it's not. Okay. But it, it's Castleforge steel. And jo- it's just specialer because John had it made for her. Oh, and he was like her favorite brother. Mm, more specialer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, she doesn't do it. She obviously has she is retaining some attachment to her, her life. She hides the sword in um, a wall. Gotta say, not the best... <laughs> Like she, it's like you can still see the hilt, like out after she put rocks over top of it. 
It's these we- and you know. But who's been- gonna look there? No I, one's gonna look there. I guess, especially if it's on that like island that you have to take a boat to to get to this weird house that no one goes to. You know. Well, all of Bravos is like that. Is it it's, like it's like Venice sort mm, of? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, by the way, that her, the the framing and that shot of her like on that dock throwing stuff into the water, so nice. nice. Like I don't know. I, I I'm not sure exactly where they film these things. Like where is where is Bravos in real life? But like. Um, like they had like the, it's a sun was setting and like there's like this like there's like red clouds and uh like these houses that are like over top of this canal it was really really nice like the, again the show just showing how great it looks over and over yeah. and over again um so then and then okay so then what happens she <laughs> she's then like accepted or something yeah they give her like the same clothes that as that other girl to wear and she's has to go sweep some more. Yeah, and then someone dies again, and then she has to go wash their, um, go wash the dead body. I guess wash the body, take off all their clothes, and take away all their possessions. That's so. Again, and that's it. That's, that's, that's it. all that. Happens. That's all we get from Arya. And again, I'm just so utterly confused as to what's going on. I mean, again, I'm sure as an audience, we're not supposed to know, and it'll be revealed to us. But it just like we spent an awful lot of time, just like treading water here um well and maybe not even because she something does happen she does she does she's accepted quote unquote give up her identity even though she retains the sword um to be accepted into this essentially this cult organized group thing um so that's good i guess but i'm just i'm it bugs me that i I don't like not knowing, all right? <laughs> the answers are coming. Like the, You just have to kind of be patient at this point. All right, all right. I, anything else you want to mention about uh, the Arya stuff? No, I think you got it. Like, it's, it's just important to note that she did keep Needle. Like, that she, like, isn't giving up entirely on her family and, and her values. Mm, okay. Um, then we'll move to King's Landing. Lots of stuff in King's Landing um, this week. So we get a short crowd shot. Uh, people who are like uh, shouting Queen Marjorie, Queen Marjorie. We don't see a lot of shots with lots of extras, not very often. At least, um, it's usually just very intimate um, scenes in the show. It's always nice to seeing like more people. Well, there's a couple scenes in this episode like with that, um, and a bunch uh, of poor people. Yeah, lots of poor people, <laughs> and uh, we all know Cersei's feelings on Marjorie. She's in the, a box. A common theme for this, like so far through this season. And she's being carried up to the sept, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for the wedding. And uh, something to note is that every time there's another wedding on the show, it becomes less and less like um, hyped for us, at least for us as an audience. You know, like with Joffrey's wedding, it was like literally seasons worth of buildup, and like then yeah. in like all these different. Um, every time there was a wedding, except for I guess John's, which was kind of like wasn't really the same anyway. It was more of a uh, uh, what's it called when you, uh, they eloped? You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's well, that. Yeah, sorry. The Lannisters kind of learned their lesson from Joffrey's. Wedding. I'm pretty sure in the books as well. Joffrey's wedding is a huge extra- extravagant affair, and then Thomas is very much like in and out. Let's get it done. Yeah, okay, fair enough. They're so, like, like, let's get this over with. Yeah, like, um, more important things to mm-hmm. do. Great, f- again, that really amazing framing of like it cuts from Cersei's <clears> like really unhappy, like grumpy face. Um, or as the girls call it these days, resting bitch face. <laughs> and cuts to, um, we kind of hear like the, the classic, you know, I am yours and she is mine and blah, blah, blah. Like the, the wedding vows that you hear in Westeros, right? And then 
they kiss and they pull apart and right in between them is Cersei again like perfectly framed and in focus yeah they did a great <laughs> job with that kind of stuff um which is again and also she does a great bitch face she does she is she's good and you <laughs> just you talked about it while your sister likes her so much yeah <laughs> I, every, honestly every time i watch i watch it now i can't help but thinking about your sister being like like how she's like excited about seeing Cersei. <laughs> she's like amped up she's like, yeah it's a bad bitch <laughs> um so any is there okay now that tommen and uh marjorie are actually married what is the what are the what's the impact here at least on the uh, the immediate impact and the larger impact uh immediately not too much changes because tom is still underage right it, mm-hmm. it gives marjorie a little bit more power and cersei a little bit less but cersei is still the queen regent so she's still like essentially speaking for tommen mm. but uh like he in theory could send her to castle rock like they talk about like he could just command her to go or have someone take her away if he wanted to but uh, you know you don't see tommen doing that no because he's too much of a so right now, like she, Cersei very much still has her claws in Tommen, but Marjorie's pulling him slowly and slowly away. Yeah, and well, and so the stuff in King's Landing is all—it's all kind of pretty, pretty quick. So it's like the wedding happens, you cut straight to the honeymoon, quote unquote. The wedding. Um, yeah, and um, so you know he's just had his first—he just found out how awesome sex is, and he's like, Whew, <laughs> "Man, let's do this all the time." And she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." He doesn't even let. It's like one quickie, and she's already like, you know what? Let's do. Let's play the manipulation card already. Like she doesn't doesn't not wait uh, like a half a minute for her to start being like, hey, so what do you yeah, think she's about? Professional. Yeah, like what do you think about your mom hanging around here? You know how she's awesome. She's awesome. But like, what do you think about like you know? <laughs> pretty how, much. You know, like I'm pretty awesome too, right? You don't want to like you know, which is who's more awesome is pretty much what it comes down to at that point. I just had sex with you. She can't do that, right? I can do that. Oh. She. Right? So, and he's like, the next scene is him walking on the ramparts with uh, Cersei. And I love Cersei's, like, like questioning him, right? And uh, she, they're walking slowly. And she's like, so, you know, you, you're, you seem pretty happy about this whole marriage thing, you know? And she's he's just literally just walking and standing. He doesn't say a word. And he's like, she seems nice. What do you think? Did you think she's smart? <laughs> yeah, just the complete opposite. Yeah, it, and Tommen has nothing to say. Like he's he's just being you know manipulated yeah. by both of them for. I, well, I just like the question is: <coughs> Do you think she's intelligent? I can't quite tell. Is like is I honestly laughed out loud when she said that. <laughs> um, but then the first thing out of Tommen's mouth is: Hey, how do you how do you what do you think about uh, Castle Rock? <laughs> you know, uh, and she's like, Well, and, you know, I don't really think about it. I, there's nothing. She said, "There's nothing for me there," um, which is true. I mean, really, once <laughs> uh, with uh, Tom and married off, where, like she really and her, and her dad dead. Like, what does she do? She, what, like, what is her purpose? Like, she well, really that's, has that's no. She has to stay with her family, which is in King's Landing. Yeah, I, I and also in Dorne, but you know, uh, we don't see any of <coughs> either this week. Um, presumably, he's on his way to Dorne. Yeah, it takes a while. Although, who knows, you can always use Game of Thrones teleportation. Uh, yeah, that, and that later on in this episode, I have a, a bone to pick. Yeah, so do I. Like, I assume we're talking about the same part. We'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also get... Uh, anyway, anything else you want to mention about the Tommen, Cersei, uh, Marjorie? There's one more scene with Marjorie and Cersei. Yeah, which is... and it's probably... Well, in my mind, it was one of the better ones. I like, I like Marjorie has all the power, and she's kind of really 
taking it out on Cersei, and Cersei doesn't really react or do anything, you know, she just says, you know, if you need anything, and that's it. Yeah, and, like, so she comes up, and, you know, Marjorie's having, like, girl talk with her friends, and, uh, and they're all, like, giggling away. How old is Marjorie again? She's, like, what, like, 20, 25? No, I don't know how they do it in the show. I can't remember. In the book, she's, she's significantly older than Tommen. Well, I know, but Tommen's, like, what, like, 15? Maybe? In this show, That's maybe if, she's, like, yeah, 15? Yeah, let's go, and like, let's and go with that math, yeah. Yeah, and she's probably, like, 25 pushing 30 you know maybe nah she doesn't know, look no, older than pushing than 30 yeah um anyway it's clear like that she's robbing the cradle a bit you know yeah yeah but anyway the point is uh we get this a rare scene where cersei is cast in like a non like in the sympathetic light you know uh very it's very rare where that's the case even when she's being talked down to is she cast in sympathetic light mm-hmm. so yeah, the scene where she, where Marjorie, I think is she, I'm not sure if this is on purpose or I'm making this up. Where it seemed like Cersei was like not even all the way up, like she was going up steps to talk to her, and she didn't go all the way up them. It almost seemed like Marjorie was like looking down on her um, to some degree. Yeah, um, I'm sure it adds that effect. Yeah, and uh, that it was very effective. Like she took two jabs at her, like like pretty kind of hard. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like they they weren't even subtle. Well, you know? so the, I remember the second one was that you know what do I call you again? You know the queen. What are you the queen mother or the queen something? Dowager, dowager mother. Yeah. So um, I don't I don't I don't even know what dowager even means. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I don't. I'm not a <laughs> dictionary. Um, I assume it's an insult though. <laughs> and what was the other one? She says something else um, uh, earlier. She said, um, "I wish I had known you were coming. I could have called for some wine. It's right. too early in the day for us." <laughs> <laughs> Which it's nice to see the note, the show uh, take note on that. Because yeah, because it's like, been fairly obvious. Yeah, and the rest of the like we've even mentioned. It's like, man, how early is this? Like, they're, this first, this is the first scene episode. It's like they just woke up. <clears> they're already having wine. <laughs> yeah, for for a while last season, it was every single scene she was in. She either was pouring a glass of wine, drinking a glass of wine, or finishing it. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Um, or if she was finishing it, she was or, probably... Or tossing it across the room, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, I really like the way this scene... I, I really like that scene, just for that exact reason, because it's a bit of a, um, um, a change-up as to the normal dynamic we see with Cersei. I don't really care for seeing Cersei cast in that sympathetic light, because really, um, yeah. as the audience, we've been trained to not like her, for obvious reasons. Um, and I, it's, it's, it's well. a weird move to play that card. It's not like with Jamie where, you know, you have, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a douche, but like he had a whole season's worth of redemption stuff that he did. And then, you know, he relapsed a bit, but you know, you still, you well, still kind of like him a bit it's more. It's still early in the season. I mean, like if Cersei could in theory have a season of redemption, ah, man, you wouldn't want to see that. Nobody does, but I'm just. I mean, I mean, what could she possibly do that would be redeeming? Know. You know, we as an audience like, I think I like Marjorie. I think she's, she's smart enough and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and cunning enough to like, to actually succeed in that in the position of queen which is why it's like she probably won't be alive very long <laughs> um the only other thing i wanted to say about that like I, I loved at the end though how cersei walks off and the, the music kicks in because that it you can see the rage on her face and well, though, just that, like uh, earlier in the i can't remember which episode it was when marjorie was saying i think it was the first episode about how she maybe cersei will be around maybe she won't like there's these little mm-hmm. hints that, that you know we can tell they're coming to a head but they're both you know yeah, and I like the mute the the musical cues here. Were, like you said, the, yeah, yeah, the sound cue, like the way that you could hear the girls in the background laughing, transition yeah, exactly. to the sound like the horses moving at the same like neighing. I guess is the word. Um, <laughs> was like, was, uh, was pretty good. I like it. Just it, it transitioned well, and it sounded. It, I was like, I remember distinctly at that moment thinking, "Wow, oh, that was well done." 
You know, it's like yeah. golf clap, you know. Um, <laughs> so the next scene, uh, unless, you know, uh, there's the one other scene in, um, or two other scenes in King's Landing, but I think we can come back to them. Um, sure. It will, or should, you know what, no, let's stay here let's for just, now and we'll yeah, come back. Yeah, just get it out of yeah. the way. So kind of anyway, the point is it goes into a scene in the north. That's what the transition point we're talking about. But we'll, we'll stick in King's Landing for a bit. So um, there's a scene with the High Septon, uh, and he's in Littlefinger's brothel doing... Uh, so there's actually two brothels in this episode, um, which is, I mean, the highest it's been in a while, you know, brothel count-wise. And uh, <laughs> and both of them have um, have hookers in cosplay. <laughs> Which is, well, you get bored once after, you know. I, I guess. So anyway, he apparently he doesn't, by the way. <laughs> so he's um, uh, role-playing as, like, his, his himself with God. I, I love how, the, like, the guy, like, the the, <laughs> the guy at who's in charge of, like, the brothel is yeah. supposed to be, like, God. He's wearing, like, the, the, the crap. The ridiculous beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he, like, instantly breaks character as soon as, like, there's, like, money is involved. You know, that's yeah. extra, right? Which is great. Um, but anyway, so the sparrows run in, and they kind of, like, they, like, they drag him out on the streets and, um, like, essentially publicly uh, embarrass him in front of everybody. Um, and obviously he's pissed about this. So he comes to, uh, uh, he comes to see... Cersei, Cersei and like this, the, like the small councils. You have yeah. uh, Cersei. You have uh, the great High Septon, what, whatever his name. No, is. no, Grand Master Pycelle. Grand Master Pycelle, the, the <laughs> guy. Luis Terrell and Kyber. Yeah. So they, he comes in. They're like, hey, so can you like um, execute this guy for you know this this aff- aff- affront on our religion essentially? And he, and uh, Kyber's like, didn't it kind of start in a in the brothel and. <laughs> I, he's like, oh, wow, well, I, I, I don't know. I love um, Pycelle, though. He's like, man's personal time should remain personal. Yeah, because he had his own discrepancy. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, so that's that seems great just because it's like he's pleading with Cersei. And, and it's really weird. This whole ep- this episode is really interesting with Cersei where I'm sure that you're kind of trying to figure out what her motivations are. And I don't even know if she knows what her motivations are or what she's trying to do. Because even here, it's like, like it just seems you can like tell she that she's weighing yeah the yeah she doesn't the really, but she doesn't really care either she's just kind of sitting there like okay here's here's you know I have to do this kind of stuff and <clears> it's somehow important to her but I don't even know if she knows why it is because I'm not even sure if she why any of this stuff that she's doing like why did she even come to Marjorie in that earlier scene to say to have that short little conversation with her about anything I'm, I'm, yeah that's it's not really clear because she definitely doesn't get the better of marjorie in any way so i, I like i thought maybe she was coming down there and then they would have a battle of wits but it was really one-sided yeah. and i don't know what she really accomplished by doing that so i mean maybe this like maybe by and we find out later that she throws um uh, the high septon into the dungeons maybe she's taking out her anger you know, <laughs> on, on him or, or something i don't know but then what the next scene, she goes to visit the High Sparrow, which is where we get the like the namesake for the for the uh, the episode. Um, and he, he's played by an awesome character actor, Jonathan Pierce. Or is it? Yeah, Jonathan Pierce. Um, you you might recognize him from from such movies as GI Joe. <laughs> but he actually is um, really 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 amazing character actor, and uh, love seeing him. There's actually two recognizable uh, actors. That A little you, bit, yeah. You will recognize if you are into like genre stuff. You might recognize. Um, later on as well but 
Anyway, like, so my back to what I was saying is, why, why is she even going to see this high sparrow at all? You know, like, where, what is, where's the motivation there for that? Because I'm not even sure what the purpose of that is. It let, except for you needed someone to go see him, so it might as well be Cersei. I don't yeah. like, I'm, you know what I mean? It um, was kind of weird to choose that as the name of the t- episode as well, because it's such a small part of the episode. But um, I, the the way I interpret it is, you know, how Marjorie's fairly popular with the small folk. And now there's all these sparrows and poor people around. Cersei's probably playing the politics here and trying to get them on her side. You know, trying to seem like the good queen by getting rid of the High Septon and accepting the sparrows. I, you know, she's placating the masses. I guess. But, like, these are just, like, I mean, I know people are starving in um, King's Landing, but it just, but you don't get, the, that makes sense if we got the impression that that's what she was trying to do. because But that was never the impression we get it's she literally comes up there and just kind of starts like yeah, having yeah. a conversation with him and it's like it, it's it not even in like a disparaging way it was more much like a you know she like respects him to some degree you know um and she just like curious as to what like what motivates him like you know mm-hmm. why no shoes and like all these kind of like these questions that she asks him it's it's, it's really interesting and it's like one of these times where I have questions, but instead of with Arya, where I'm frustrated with them, it's just more like I'm intrigued by these ones, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Um, so, and then there's one other scene with uh, Cersei where she goes to see Kyburn and send to send a letter to um, uh, to Littlefinger, and we get this weird <laughs> this weird moment where he's like writing the letter and it's like awkwardly long, but only so you could have that like little jump moment where like the table behind him like moves and. There's somebody under this blanket. It's mm. essentially like a Frankenstein-esque scene, right? Yeah, I think that's that is a good way to put it. I don't know. I kind of was hoping it would be a little bit more subtle. Like I wanted to see like just his leg twitch or something like that, and then it cut out. That was <laughs> you, a, you, you know what? The, uh, exactly. I'm surprised right? that he didn't sit up with his arms extended. <laughs> it, it, it was it, again with the framing though. Like they had Kyburn was kind of off to the side, so that you could see that he wasn't the main focus of yeah. the scene, right? So you're you were kind of looking at that sheet, waiting for it to move. And I wanted just like even like the chest to rise, like he took a breath or something like that, like some little subtle like that I would think be they nice. They needed it to be more overt because I wasn't really expecting yeah, anything exactly. under there. You needed something to be because it's like you understand like the way the scene is set up with him writing that, like literally it was like probably a good five seconds of nothing yeah. but him writing. It's like we don't always don't need to see that. But it was to set up that other moment. But if it was too subtle, you might miss it. So maybe, I again, it's like this that whole thing with the Kyburn, and I guess that's the mountain. Yeah, we can, yeah he's, so he's been under the whole time. Um, it, I'm interested to see where that goes. It just it's nice to get a reminder that the you know he still is alive. I guess. Um, so we can move over to um, Winterfell. That's the. Uh, the next scene we get, we see the Boltons riding up to uh, to Winterfell. That's the transition scene from the Marjorie one, um, and uh, mm-hmm. we see that Winterfell is under reconstruction, I guess, because it did burn. Um, and I gotta mention, I gotta say, um, they have some pretty high quality two by sixes and like one by sixes. <sighs> you know, like very well straight cut. You know, I just gotta no, say, for medieval it's... times, <laughs> I don't think it was that hard to create that kind of stuff back then either. I mean, the back then is a fantasy world, but like, yeah, but yeah, does it play off of our own medieval times? Yeah, yeah. I think they had. I can't remember what they're called. There's, a, there's a type of tool that you can use that a you can mill? like kind of do that by hand. A milling tool. Some sort of thing. I don't know what it's called. Okay. Anyway, um, so like it takes a lot of time. That's the thing. But 
Yeah, awesome. okay. Fair, anyway, fair enough. So they're rebuilding it to make it look exactly like it did before, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, and uh, so we have this great scene with um, the two head Boltons sitting in the dining room, a place that we haven't been to in a long time, the Winterfell dining room, but was actually a pretty major um, location for a lot of scenes in the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's sitting there, and you have uh, Bruce and... Uh, and uh, Ramsey uh, talking about you know collecting taxes from uh, some northern lord, and this is where things start getting like interesting, where you start laying in like these little small hints at stuff that does pay off later in the episode, where he says that, and they mentioned even last episode where that he went down there and he said he's not going to pay taxes because the true warden of the north will always be a Stark, and uh, he's not going to uh, kiss the boot of a traitor. So it's like you know you keep getting more and more of these same um, like. Again, hints isn't the right word, I don't think, because it's still overt at this point, where you have these northern lords who are pledging allegiances to Starks that aren't even in power, you know, saying, you know, we're only going to follow a Stark. Like they had last week, we had, I really like the uh, Bear Island. Um, They sent the letter, right? They sent the the letter. Yeah, sent the letter to uh, the Night's Watch, right? Yeah. And uh, so now you have, I don't, I don't, I didn't catch the name of the lord, whatever their family name was. I don't think he said it. He just said his first name, Torin, which, if I remember correctly, might be the son of Car- one of the sons of the Karstarks, but I'm not sure. So anyway, they go to collect um, taxes, and so they don't do it. So Ramsey, being the psychopath that he is, flays um, his father, his brother, and his, his wife. wife, or the, his father's wife, I guess, is or something like that. I'm not sure what exactly what it was, but he flayed them alive in front of him. And then convinced him to pay his taxes, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But psycho, yeah, crazy. And even in even Roos is like, you know, we can't rule the North by fear alone. It's not going to work. If the other houses rise up against us in the North, we don't have enough men to hold Winterfell. Um, which is again, again, this is awesome because you're like, we have the we had, we know Tywin uh, dying was a was a big deal, but now we're even seeing its effects like way up in the North. This power vacuum is very, it's like a Dyson power vacuum, but it's so, <laughs> so strong that it's like, that it's affecting, you know, even the, the North where he's saying, like, you know, we had a, an agreement with um, with Tywin, that agreement's null and void when he's dead. There's, there's no, there's nothing else now, you know. Yeah. Um, we haven't really talked, they haven't really mentioned anything about the um, uh, the Ironborn or whatever they're, the, 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 the yeah. Greyjoys. Yeah. There's still, I guess, a player in some degree uh, over there. By the water, <laughs> I guess. I mean, like, we, we this is the, you do this weird thing where you don't hear from the like Greyjoys for, at all ever for like seasons at a time, and then they'll like they'll bring them in for like five or six straight episodes. And then I'm not sure why they do it that way either, because there's in theory like there's stuff going on there, you know, that we should check in on. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while would be nice, you know. Um, Especially because when they do, when it does come, it's gonna feel like it's so out of nowhere. There's like it's it's gonna make sense for that episode and no other episode. Yeah, so. We also have Bruce saying that, you know, there's better ways to rule the North. Is th- you know, it's not through <clears throat> cutting people's skin off. It's, you know, marrying through marriage, right? So we got to, I want him, he's going to marry his son off to some suitable bride um, that we'll find out later. We'll get to that. Um, I just want to mention that, like, they all apparently brought Theon with them to um, to Winterfell. And there's a couple interesting shots um, of, of Theon slash Reek, whatever. Doing is I don't know what he's doing. He's carrying a chicken at one point, uh, shoveling something, at another, and he's just doing random tasks. 
And uh, so you have the shot where there's two of these in this episode that are really great visual callbacks to very early on, right? So there's the scene, um, I think right before we even get to the Roos and um, the like the Bolton sitting there eating is where he's carrying that chicken. He looks up and he sees like two bodies hanging from like the... The, like, the ramparts. Called? The ramparts. And it's the way it's framed is almost identical to the way that if you remember the two bodies of the two farm boys from when he uh, as a as Theon uh, was holding Winterfell from um, as it was the Theon Greyjoy for the Greyjoys was holding Winterfell. It was very <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. the whole thing was very weird. But he remember he burned those two farm boys to try to convince that uh, others. It that was Bran and Rickon. Yeah. So. And that that at that that moment is pretty much like the moment where things started going downhill for him, pretty quickly. Um, yeah, he started losing control. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he has he looks up and sees that, and you know he know he sees that same thing, which is great. Love that, right? So and then there's another one later on where he sees Sansa when like she doesn't recognize him apparently, um, even though she walks right. Look, literally, like he's literally five feet away and looking right at her. Well, he kind of looks away when she gets close and he looks very different than he used yeah, to. Yeah, okay, all Or right. he's supposed to, yeah. Anyway, so that's fine. But, um, he has, like, it seems like he's having these moments of, like, um, like, lucid moments, you know? Uh, and it, it's interesting, you know, it, the fact that he's even still around, for him to not have, at some point, like, have some sort of redemption or, like, remember what happened or what, like, who he really is, is it would almost be again. Game of Thrones is very all about not, you know, not. Yeah, it's so playing you with your expectations. That, you want that to happen, but, but it seems at this point like they're almost like playing that up by the way that they're like those. I know what you why mean. even have those scenes yeah. then? You know. Um. What else do we have here? Uh, do 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 do. Anyway, okay, that's that's pretty much that for um for that first bit of Winterfell stuff. Do you have anything you want to mention before we move on to like this the like the big reveal of this episode? Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay, so we mentioned that uh, Ramsey's supposed to marry someone. Uh, if you guys remember a couple episodes ago, there was a marriage proposal that uh, Littlefinger got in the mail. I call it the mail. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, obviously it wasn't, apparently it wasn't for him. Uh, it was for, um, it was for Sansa <laughs> to marry, uh, god damn it, it's for Sansa to marry god damn Ramsey. I know, I, I knew with the name I was just <laughs> struggling with, like, being upset with it okay so there's oh, very yeah. there's few times in this in this show where i get like emotional i bravo to game of thrones when it can like make me like angry like physically angry because i'm like god god damn i it's like as soon as it cut from the scene where you know like we, i need to wed someone to the next shot is sansa's face you're like fuck fuck please yeah. no they did great. Like please, that, please. that cut with those musical cues, it was perfect. And like, I, I, I know what you yeah. mean. At that point, like everybody in the room, well, not everybody, but like, you know what I mean? You hear like people gasping and like, oh shit. Like, yeah, exactly. You're like, nah, God damn it, not again. Right? And there's this really, this is really weird. So the the opening credits showed um, Moat Kalen. We haven't been there in a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll show Moat Kalen, but it. I don't know if we've ever been there. Uh, no, we were there once. We oh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. The Iron Boy were holding it. Yeah. Yeah. So. We see Moat Kalen on the opening credits. We go to we we have the scene with uh, Littlefinger and Sansa overlooking Moat Kalen, which just looks like the dreariest castle, by the way. Just like it's in the middle of it. It's got the mosquitoes there. Have got to be really bad. Yeah, you know. For sure. <laughs> um, but like, 
why <sighs> bugs me this the opening credits things they need to be more consistent <laughs> why would you put Mo Kalen there if it's only for this tiny you don't even go there but you won't you won't show us Bravos or I mean um, not sorry Bravo. it's not uh, Dorn you won't show us Dorn where we actually have scenes <laughs> not this episode mind you but just in general like what it, it there's episodes where they'll go places and they won't show it but there's places episodes where they're not going there at all and they'll still show it 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 drives me up the wall but I guess it's just what like to keep like what's being talked about in the episode, you know. Yeah, so but it might play get into your bearings. The, it might play into the fact that um, what we've talked about later about like the whole teleportation thing, um, like how the show plays with, and we talk about this all the time about how long it takes to travel between places. If you notice, it's very Mokalen's very close to Winterfell, at least on no. the map. On the map, because it goes really Mokalen, it goes whoop, and it's like right there, right? It goes beep beep, right? If you watch at the opening credits. Okay. Um, that's the only explanation for that problem that we're going to get to. But anyway, we'll stick on the scene with um, Littlefinger and Sansa. So, uh, okay, I just really, I'm just really upset. <laughs> um, but okay, so he now has to. Con- you have this moment where Sansa kind of like it dawns on her what's happening. He's like, first she thinks she has to marry. She's going to have to marry Roose, right? And she's like, no, I won't do it. He betrayed my family. He's a goddamn. He's a. He's a goddamn son of a bitch, and I won't do it. You know, I'll. I will. I will starve myself, and you know, or whatever. It's not fair. Which we're all thinking. God, yeah, it's not fair. You know, and then 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 he's like, oh no, you're not marrying Roos. You're gonna marry his son. And she's like, well, and she doesn't. Neither of them really know much at all about uh, Ramsey. We know that he's a fucking crazy pants. Yeah, like for all of us, that's almost that's worse. You know. Yeah, and uh, so. He has this little thing. There's this moment where he has to like convince her this is somehow a good idea, and to me, I'm first of all, I don't know how he does. He even have authority to wed Asansa to anybody, or is he just because he can, yeah because he married Lysa, he's technically her her uncle by marriage, right? So as an uncle, you can just marry away your nieces and nephews. Well, because like. there's, there's nobody else. Her parents are dead. Okay, so he's kind of like taking over, taking care of her. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, but like. Okay, if you're Sansa, and his argument is that, um, you know, you've been a bystander to pain and misery ever since your parents were killed. Um, this Which is, is what chance- we've been saying, like, ever since. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. I mean, it's, there's, he, that, that part, little finger, yeah, one point to you, okay? But um, yeah. <laughs> The whole idea that you know, if you marry, um, if you marry into the Ruses who control Winterfell, and you then become, you know, or become in control of Winterfell again through marriage, right? Um, you'll somehow have the power to exact revenge or um, some sort of some sort of vengeance, something like it's his his idea here doesn't really hold much water to me. I don't really buy his argument at all do you no neither do i and i really hate that little smile he has after she walks off because he's just manipulating her too yeah and and not to mention and then this is something that uh uh the ew guy that i like that i use for uh, our recaps a lot he, he mentions and i only read part pieces and parts, but i did catch this one part where it doesn't it's not consistent with the characterization that we've seen from Littlefinger, where he genuinely cares or he seems to genuinely care for Sansa, and not just in the scenes where she's standing next to him, but like she's he's acted um, in ways that shows that he actually does have he does have some caring for this girl, 
right? Yes. So to do this almost is in complete contrast to the to what we've been <clears throat> seeing from it. And that's characterization-wise is off. And I understand okay. this is different. This is also um, a divergence from the book as well. Yes. Um, Pretty big one, too. Yeah. That's what I was saying, like... <laughs> In the in the recap, he's like, if um, I think it was like if Game of Thrones was a road was a was a uh, was a car, the show's a car, and the books were a road. Uh, the car is now off the road, driven into the driven into the ocean, and has now become a submarine. <laughs> um, which I think is a bit much. I mean, I can't say obviously not being a, a book reader, but is how big of a divergence is this? Well, what's happening here is uh, they're kind of amalgamating one character, like Sansa's friend Jane Poole, into just being Sansa. In the books, it doesn't matter. Like the, the same this idea happens, they, but they pretend Jane Poole is Sansa rather than her. You know, they tell they tell the world that Ramsay marries Jane Poole, and they are that Ramsay marries Sansa, but it's really Jane Poole. Oh, okay. So it's, so it, it's she's like just a, she's just taking over that. Like it, it makes sense because you can't bring her back at this point, and it would just be too complicated. Okay, it would it would be be like okay, why it it make it would make sense in the show, but it would become it would be overly complicated for a show that's already <clears throat> overly complicated. Um, so two psychopaths for Sansa. She was first married. She was supposed to be first married to um, Joffrey. Uh, Joffrey, who was also a psychopath, and now Ramsay. Although in this episode was at his best behavior when uh, you know later on when he actually met Sansa, and which is why I think like, Littlefinger. Nobody knows anything about it. Like nobody because he's been hidden his whole life, right? He's and I truly believe, it, like you said, Littlefinger cares about Sansa. I don't think if, if he knew anything about Ramsay, I doubt this would be happening, right? Yeah, like he's mean, just doing this. It benefits him, and it it'd be Sansa will be uncomfortable. He doesn't know how psycho they really are. Yeah. So what's the idea here? That if Sansa gets into power, she will some marries Ramsay. She'll be in position to somehow exact revenge on both uh, Roose and on Ramsay. Um, well, presumably. yeah, that's what he says. I'm not sure how much Littlefinger really cares about that. Yeah, well, I mean, it would because then it would, if she then became, if she then took over control of Winterfell somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Then, and with the, she obviously being connected with Littlefinger and him having the Eerie, right, mm-hmm. would only bolster his kind of like his domain. Yeah, and like he mentions in the episode, the last time the North and the Eerie were allied, they took down the greatest dynasty that's ever lived. Yeah. Which was the Targaryens. So, that was, so wait, but what about the how did the Baratheons play into that? Because they were a part of that rebellion. They were part of that too. They, okay. they, they, the Stormwalls are also part of that. Okay, plot. so he just forgot to mention that part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so later, <laughs> is in like the next scene, they leave. This is what. Okay, so we can talk about it now. They literally leave the the Moat Kalen. The next scene, they're at Winterfell, and I I honestly thought for the first little bit that they were at Moat Kalen. That's right. At first, I'm like, oh, it's it's Moat Kalen because the lighting all the same is very similar. It's like bluey, yeah. bluish, dull lighting. It's all Ireland. Yeah, right. So they and I thought maybe it was like then it's like then Roos is there. I'm like, why? I don't understand. They were at Winterfell. I don't understand how. And and then I, and then I start questioning like everything that I know and they keep doing <clears> myself. I I literally have no idea. Like I completely lost track <laughs> of how everything works. And because apparently what happened is they left. They because literally the horses were riding towards the castle. I guess it's a shortcut. Whatever. I agree with you. Like it's it's a discrepancy, and also like in terms of like I was saying earlier, I wish they were a little bit more subtle with these things because that reveal where he's or it wasn't quite a reveal. He's like um, 
uh, a marriage will do more than fear and then it got cuts the sunset that was great but then in the, in the same episode they're meeting and that like i wish it had gone one more episode you know mm, yeah um but yeah mo Kalen shouldn't be much further away like mo Kalen is at the, the, the neck which is where like the north begins and then winterfell is like way the fuck up between, there yeah yeah so it, i don't know it is a little bit of it's teleportation one of those, yeah it's one of those yeah show <clears throat> necessity teleportations my the reason they went to mokalen is because that's kind of the only way to like that's the only passageway to the north it's the that, balls the king's road or whatever yeah the king's road has to go through it and all around it are bogs and swamps and it's really hard to get through yeah so like it's it's a you know it's a fortress that you have to pass to get into the north fair enough okay but still not happy about it no <laughs> <laughs> um so sansa and Littlefinger arrive in winterfell um and uh, we see Sansa put on her best. Uh, I really don't want to kill you, uh, face for Roose Bolton. Like that, yeah, she's gotten good at that. That that moment where she walks up and she like stares like into his soul, and then and then like breaks a smile. Oh, you know, uh, what yeah. did she say, uh, Lord Bolton? You know, or whatever. Um, and like curtsies. And I'm like, oh man, she's much better at the this whole thing because you know the old Sansa would have just fucking like. Tried to like cry him or like uh, yeah, just freaked out in some. She's very practiced. Her time in King's Landing served her well in this instance. This yeah, I guess. Um, you know, she just bide her time until she can stab him in the back or something. Hopefully. Um, and then even Ramsay is at very well behaved. You know, uh, you know, my lady and kisses her hand. Um, and he he claims to Littlefinger he's never gonna hurt her, which again <laughs> seems unlikely. Does, yeah. It seems unlikely. And then we you get this weird shot of like his like. Ramsey's like parade of like uh, torture women, <laughs> you know. These there's like four of them. There's that one like like important one yeah. that's just sitting there. Um, I'm not sure how that's gonna play out. It just it, I guess maybe they're make foreshadowing to some sort of like love triangle esque thing. I don't even want to think about. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also have a scene with uh, Roos and Littlefinger, which I really like. I really like that scene uh, where. You know, he gets that letter from Cersei that was mentioned earlier. And uh, it, although somehow that you know, it arrived in the Erie and a rider... On Again, the doesn't make sense. Overnight? Yeah. Overnight. Okay, just wanted to make... Because I, I, I thought of like maybe if he was riding really fast, I feel like it would still take a while. No, because because like Sansa and Littlefinger, they, the, the, a rider from the Erie would have to go through Mo Kalen and then all the way up. <laughs> it would have made sense if they said... Oh, this went to the Erie, and then they sent another raven to Winterfell. That would have made sense. I don't know why they didn't, you know. Yeah, I, I just or just not say anything at all. Just say you got a message from Cersei, you know, whatever. But I guess you have to do that because you have that moment where Rue says, "I guess she still thinks you're in the Erie." Yeah, um, and also when when Cersei sends a letter, she says to wherever Littlefinger is, and he, so he's kind of playing her too. Yeah, nobody has all the information. Um, so at this moment where he's like, <coughs> um. You know, why why make this move and marry off Sansa to me? You know, not to me specifically, but to my family. Um, it's like it's quite the gamble. He says he's, you know, he's like, well, every I love that. You know, Littlefinger always had probably once a season, maybe more often, has like this one like really defining like line about like it's like every ambitious move is a gamble. You know, you gambled when you stabbed the that knife into the back of Rob's uh, uh, the back of Rob's chest, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and you know, and and that paid off, and now you're some you're the warden of the north, you know. So you know, this is just another this is just another gamble, and 
for to gain more power essentially and and that even and then like puts a stamp on that by saying you know that moment where he said when you know when the eerie and the north combine you know blah 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 right yeah um so just to kind of reassure him because even Roos is like you know i don't he doesn't have a lot he knows he doesn't have a lot of friends right like if any i i, I guess now, and he knows not to trust little thinker i does he though yeah, he obviously does it because he asked me. He's not only did he break the seal and read the letter, he said that he wants to read the reply as well before Littlefinger sends it off. So we also have a nice scene. That I'm going to end this the the uh, Winterfell stuff with is very, um, you're like okay, uh, Sansa being taken escorted to her uh, chambers, and, to her old but, room. Yeah, to her old room, and there's a uh, nice old lady with her, and she's like, you know, uh, this is so good. This is why part of the reason I really like this episode. Where she's like, she's like. You know, uh, what did you say, Lady Stark? It's good to see, uh, you know, welcome yeah. home, Lady Stark. The North remembers and then closes the door. I'm like, oh, oh, shit. If <laughs> <laughs> um, It's like one of those gifts where, like, they people that like, go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, it's oh, Over the smallest line, but it has so much meaning. Yeah, and by an old lady, too, which is so <laughs> great. Um, so, and I forgot to mention this earlier where, uh, I guess it's coming up, but... No, 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 it's coming up. I'll mention it when we get to that point. Um, no, no, I'm going to mention Thanks. it now. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, um, and this is me mentioning it, and I'm mentioning it. <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? It's Stannis. He is at Castle Black. We know that. And we can yeah. actually, we're going to go to Castle Black right now, so I'll just mind. It's all, it's all, all part of my plan. It's all very, yeah, very <laughs> uh, subtle uh, segue to Stannis mentioning that uh, and this is like partially through their conversation with John is that he's planning to leave Castle Black and march on Winterfell soon, right? So this, all this stuff with Sansa and whatever is happening, is either have to come to a head right away and then be put on hold, or be put on hold because there's they're going to be under attack by uh, uh, his army right away by uh, Stannis's army. Yeah. Because um, that we know that Castle Black isn't and. If you can get from Mo Kalen to to Winterfell in one scene cut, you can get from uh, Castle Black to Winterfell in at least in half the same. That time, yeah. yeah, so I expect to see some like sweet either battle aftermath because that's classic Game of Thrones where something happens and we only see the aftermath of it, <laughs> or just the very beginning of some sort of battle where there's actually some sort of uh, something right. Um, I'd be surprised to see. It's really interesting because, like, the politics here are like super, super interesting, right? <laughs> Always. Um, you have Stannis, who, who's already been told by the that little girl in Bear Island that they're they're only going to follow a Stark into battle, right? And uh, you have John at, in this scene say, you know. Really, thanks for you know, thanks, but no thanks for the offer to become John. It's so tough because it's like it's all John's ever wanted. Like you can see. Ugh. No, I know, but you also you also like admire him for sticking to his guns. Of course, you know? yeah. Um, but you have see, so you, you he doesn't have that on his side. So Tannis is going down with uh, without the wildlings and just his like store bought army essentially, and you know maybe he can make some sort of appeal to the northern houses for some sort of support, I would be surprised. Like, this is where, you know, Roos mentions that he doesn't have enough men to hold Winterfell if the other nor northern houses rebel, right? Yeah. So, Stan I don't know quite how big Stannis' army is, but I imagine 
he's probably not quite as uh, he does he doesn't offer as much men as all of North combined, right? No, I I think I don't know exactly what the numbers are like, but I think Stannis and the Boltons are probably evenly matched. Yeah, so he's got a fairly small army. So exactly, so taking on Roos would be again a gamble, but it would at least be Roos has at least has some sort of he could possibly win that. He does have the castle, which helps. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's where like this all this stuff becomes like really like oh, and it's like right on the verge of happening. Watch this, and you to see you know what what the northern houses are planning to do because as you know as the old lady says the northern members and they have n- they don't suffer fools like like the boltons so mm-hmm. something's gonna happen right um i'm really excited to see what happens with that i want to see hey where's rickon <laughs> you know what i don't know any any not nothing i don't know he's never in the books either, again either <laughs> he's just gone like he was he was he was sent to where was he sent to um I think they sent. They went to Last Hearth, which is the home of the Umbers. Like yeah, like the half giants or whatever. They're yeah. Um, but we again, he's not, he's just never been heard of him from again. We don't even know if he made it. I yeah. guess. No, nothing. Um, he's mentioned a couple times, I think, but it's always like an offhand comment, and nobody has any actual information. Hmm. Well, I'm excited. I I really hope he comes up in this in this season. I mean, he's I really because he's grown up. Like that, he's probably by the time we see him again, he'll be full grown adult. <laughs> I don't, and my mom made I don't know if this is like she does early childhood education so she kind of thinks this way but she'd say like you know Rick and a child that young that is introduced to all that stuff like is never gonna be a good like he's not gonna come back and be a good guy and, and win the day you know is that what your mom hmm, your mom that's what your mom said I, I'm paraphrasing but <sighs> yeah that sucks something to, well I mean nobody knows at this point but Okay, well. Also, he's much, much younger. Though. Like, he's a, a baby in the books. Like, he yeah, he can't true. walk on his own. Here, he's what? Like, maybe. They have him like, at like six or something six, like that. Six, seven. Maybe. Oh, when he sent away last season, it's probably like. He's probably like 10 ish. Maybe a little younger. Eight, yeah, nine, maybe. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? I want to jump back for a second because we, we happen to skip over something. Yeah. Um, and that's the scene with Brienne and Podrick. And it is my favorite scene of this episode. Really? Very often. It's not very often. It's not very often where that happens. Where no, it wouldn't. Have a Brienne scene is my favorite. And we know, you know, tradition on the you know Tower of Babel Game of Thrones breakdowns is to pick a favorite um, favorite scene from the episode. This one is not by far my favorite. It's the most well acted. Um, it has it's story time. I love it. Um, it's <laughs> it's full of backstory. I love backstory. I, exposition and filling me in on stuff that we don't see but affects what we are seeing now is so exciting to me you know i don't know why it, it's like it's it's the same excitement you get from having like that connected universe of like marvel stuff right where mm-hmm. you know something here happens that you don't see in this part but it affects what's going oh, it's on just, over it's here it's just context it's, it's layers of understanding love it right. anyway so you have uh pod and uh brand secret origin essentially uh how they came to be where they are um, and so Pod tells her like about how her first, how she was, you know, how he was a squire for this first night, who got drunk and stole a ham, and, uh, and they hung him. <laughs> they were gonna hang him, but then his, you know, um, was sent instead because of his last name, was sent to um, squire for Tyrion as almost as a punishment, right? Uh, which actually turned out working out fairly well because yep. he saved Tyrion's life, but. Um, then you know that's that's a nice cute little story as it is. I like that. I was like, oh, 
you know, that would be your, that would be your secret origin pod. <laughs> and then you have Rianne tell her, like, her story of a side that we don't ever really see. There's only a few moments in this series where um, Brienne is really disarmed, mm-hmm. um, you know, figuratively speaking, not just, like, not without a sword, you know. Um, and this is one of them where, like, not only does she apologize to Podrick for um, being a bitch, you know, like, stop snap. I'm sorry I snap at you. You know, you deserve better than that. A chance to learn, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it says, and, and then says, you know, here, I'll teach you how to fight. I can't knight you, but I can teach you how to fight, right? And he's like, well, that's probably better off anyways. <laughs> um, and then she tells her story about, like, how, what happened. How she was, why she ended up being a, a, a Kingsguard for um, Renly. Yep. You weren't tonight, but you were a Kingsguard to Renly Baratheon, weren't you? I was. Lord Tyrion said he was a good man. He was. How did you end up serving Renly? When I was a girl, my father held a ball. I'm his only living child, so he wanted to make a good match for me. He invited dozens of young lords to Tarth. I didn't want to go, but he dragged me to the ballroom. And it was wonderful. None of the boys noticed how mulish and tall I was. They shoved each other and threatened to duel when they thought it was their turn to dance. They whispered in my ear how they wanted to marry me and take me back to their castles. My father smiled at me and I smiled at him. I'd never been so happy. Till I saw a few of the boys sniggering. And then they all started to laugh. They couldn't keep the game going any longer. They were toying with me. Brienne the Beauty, they called me. Great joke. And I realised I was the ugliest girl alive. A great lumbering beast. I tried to run away, but Renly Baratheon took me in his arms. Don't let them see your tears, he told me. They're nasty little shits, and nasty little shits aren't worth crying over. He danced with me and none of the other boys could say a word. Renly was the king's brother after all. She, I, I, it's, almost like, it, it's almost a shame to try to recap her story. Because it's the way it's acted. The way, yeah, she does a great job. It's so good. Gwendolyn Christie, great actress. Excited to see her in Star Wars. I hope she's not have a mask on the whole time. Um, <laughs> she's probably that uh, chrome trooper from the... From, uh, anyway, that's Star Wars stuff. Never mind. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is absolutely my favorite scene. Um, I just, I think it, it just exemplifies. It's just really heartwarming. You just don't get a lot of these kinds of scenes in in, in Game of Thrones, and you got to call them out when they when they're there and give them the props they deserve. You know. Yeah, it's a nice character scene. I appreciate it. it's not my favorite, but I, I I understand why. All right. Well, save your favorite. Well, maybe it hasn't come up yet. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but say, let me know when we get to the end. So, back to the John and Stannis uh, stuff. So Stannis is upset that John won't you know accept his offer, but who's willing to accept it, you know, offers him a little bit of advice saying, hey, you know, you should probably send away Janice, or uh, was it Thorn? Is that the right? Janice Slint. 
Slint, Janice Slint, uh, or and uh, who's the Thorn? What's this? It's Thorn. Alistair Thorn. Alistair Thorn. I'll get the two confused. They're, you know what I mean. They're cronies, so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're probably better off sending him off to Eastwatch. Great. And watch. He's like, I let, what? No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he says Eastwatch, and it's yeah, it's gray something later, but whatever. Point is, he's like, let's go send him off to Eastwatch. Um, you know, he's like, I thought it was you're supposed to keep your friend, your enemies close. And I love this. Obviously, whoever said that didn't have a lot of enemies, which I thought was <laughs> classic Stannis. Classic Stannis. And then you have a nice little scene with, um, I can't remember his name, the Onion Knight. Davos. Davos, where he's kind of like, I don't know what he sees in you, but he sees something in you. Um, you're probably, <clears throat> your best bet isn't to just sit here in this, in this godforsaken castle at the edge of the world and, you know, for for what like what is that going to get you essentially what he's saying because uh, if, yeah davos makes a good point like that that makes the most sense but i mean as much as davos understands honor i think he he values you know uh practicality, practicality. Yeah. yeah but john won't will never mm. you know yeah also forsake jinx. his vows Although, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, except for that one time you know, but after that, never. Again. <laughs> but now I'm gonna. Now my vows are super important. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was like <laughs> you just like switch the if switch places with um, with uh, Stannis. If Stannis wasn't Stannis and was just like this super hot girl, you'd be like, hey, so listen, I'll have sex with you if you na- if you change your name to <laughs> to John Stark. He, he might be he might be willing to reconsider that. You know, slightly. He might weigh it a little bit more. Like, hmm, you know, I don't know. Um, Anyway, that uh, so the next thing we see of John, he's sitting in that that big hall that we love to see so much, and everyone's does this. I don't know. I don't know if they're maybe trained to do this in um, when they become a uh, Night's Watch, where they like lean over their cups in a very like like they're all their elbows and shoulders up really high. All of them sit like same way on these tables, except for Sam, who sits backwards for some reason. Right. <laughs> so that's just how you sit on a bench, man. <laughs> no, no, they, 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 but they all have like the two hand like you can't see me this is obviously audio podcast but they have like their elbows up on the table and their hands like right in front of them yeah yeah, yeah they all like, sit like like a, like a prison stance like you gotta guard your food from everybody around you <laughs> yeah i guess and they're all drinking their whatever they're drinking i assume water it's ale <laughs> and uh so now he's kind of in this um he's up at the top where we <coughs> usually see the grand uh uh Grandmeister or whatever his name is, Pycelle? No. Eamon. 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 Uh, who isn't there? He's sick, apparently. Hope, which probably means he's going to die soon. I hope not. Um, he's super old. Yeah, and blind. So Sam, he tells Sam to keep good care of him. Um, John is now in charge. He's the, what, what, do you, what is he? The Lord Commander. Lord Commander, right? So he's making, he's, he's, make, he's cracking some jokes, right? He's like, yeah, you know, we, it's about that time again where we got to build a, dig a new latrine pit, which is like essentially just a, a pee hole. <laughs> and poop, and, and, but yeah, and a poop hole, and uh, and he's like, and then he, I really like the, I really like this scene because like, there's a certain expectation, especially from the last scene where it's like, you know, what is he gonna do? You already already know he's butting heads with um, Thorn. With Thorn. Is he gonna just gonna like just figuratively shit on him and make him dig a shithole? Mm-hmm. Or because like they literally, they literally like he does linger on him. He's like, he's like, he's gonna make me do that fucking shithole thing, and then instead picks um, Brian the ginger, which and then he's like, it's a good job for ginger. Everyone laughs. Funny joke. Good on you, John. Way to get the the crowd on your side. Yeah. And then the next 
he then he names Thorne. This is the this is where you're like, what's going on here? But you also can kind of understand it, right? So he names Thorne the um, uh, first. Was it the first Thorn. ranger? So yeah. charge of the rangers, pretty big deal. Um, and I think the idea here is to is again to keep your enemies close, but to also kind of like to make peace. To make peace, yeah. And he also he knows that like he's very like prideful guy, Thorne, right? So to name him first ranger kind of like appeals to his to what he wants mm-hmm. right but so now it comes to the part where he, he knows really the the, the thorn isn't actually such a bad guy it's his like little fucking like devil on his shoulder dude janice slint who we haven't seen since like it, well we've seen him a lot but he was in uh king's landing for a long time and actually screwed over his uh his dad ned um yeah john doesn't know that but we know that and um this is where he's like, now I'm going to send this guy away too, which I love. He's like, he's going to send him to like uh, Gray Tower, Gray Watch. It's Gray Watch, yeah. And it's one is, of the, like, the, the towers that hasn't been used in years, years and years. Yeah. And he's saying, yeah, you know, it's a ruin. He's like, well, you know, I'm going to give you 10 builders and you can go fix it up as best you can, right? Um, which I was like, oh, that's okay. I get I get what he is. I see what he's doing here. Slint's not going to have it. He stands up. He's like, I'm not, you know, you can shove up, you can shove your order up your, your bastard ass, as he says. And, uh, so, then okay, this, I'm, I'm gonna go on a limb here. Daniel, is this your favorite scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it right. <laughs> um, and the music starts ramping up, and he's like, and he kind of like he to the pause there, and he's like, take him outside, right? And then you have this this moment where uh, Thorn's standing in front of him, and then moves aside. Like there's this like they kind of cut back and forth between their faces. You know, like is he gonna? You know, I just give him this thing. Is he gonna? You know, is he gonna? Is he gonna push back against me here? And then nope, he moves aside, and they take um, Slint. They drag him outside. Again, the music here is so awesome. And, oh, for uh, sure. Oh, so good. Um, and like and the the quick cuts and stuff. Like, you know, go get my. He tells his like new squire or whatever his name is. Um, the Oliver. little kid. Ollie. Uh, to go grab his uh, to grab grab his sword, which is never good. Um, and uh, by the way, can we all agree that John's sword is by far the coolest sword on the in the entire show? <laughs> like it's I, not I, even close. I, in my mind, it's not even close. Like the hilt is awesome. It's it, it, that, bear, it yeah. is Valyrian steel, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like it's it's like the coolest sword. The only thing is, it's kind of smaller than a lot of the other swords. I guess it's a bastard it's, sword, so it's like it's one and a half. It's not, not half the size thing. of a great sword. Yeah, so it's not. So there's a long sword, then a bastard sword is a little bit longer, and then a great sword is what Ned had. Yeah, but a great sword is also unruly and yeah. unnecessarily large. So yeah. I'm fine with that. And like, what's what's Brian's sword? Is that a great not sword? Sure. Not sure. Mm. Probably not. No, probably probably it's like a long sword. Yeah. Anyway, so you. Uh, yeah, this scene where they, they they all take him out. I love how um, uh, Stannis is kind of like overlooking, kind of like giving like this sidewards glance, seeing what's going on here, seeing what kind of, what kind of man is John going to be. What kind of leader is he going to be? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so he takes him up. He takes him, puts Stannis's head on right on the chopping block. Which, by the way, just occurred to me that that's why it's called the chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I'm like, oh, the, the chopping block. No, it's because you chop off people's heads on the chopping block. Um, so. Now we get the second visual callback, and this one is, again, this is another reason why I love this episode. I'm spoiling my final thoughts here, but I love this episode because this moment is so awesome, where the, the framing, again, is very similar, uh, just slightly different, where he's standing, he has his sword kind of like on the ground in front of him, 
with his hands crossed on top of the hill on top of it yeah and this is a callback to the very first episode episode one of game of thrones where ned is standing there and he's he's got a guy um leaned over a chopping block and he's got his massive sword there and he's got his arms standing exactly the same way and and their faces both say the same thing they're just thinking they're contemplating about what the decision here what to do here right and like the, the line about you know the one who passes the sentence must swing the sword um which again is an which is interesting like um parallel to what happened last week with uh danny and her execution mm-hmm. didn't quite go as smoothly um although the, the actual execution itself probably did go quite quite smoothly <laughs> though we didn't see it um but anyway so you have you have him sit you have him stand there and tells janice he can give his last words right and then janice is the thing where he begs for forgiveness you know asks for mercy and he kind of pauses right there is a moment where you where you think john's considering it but i don't know if he ever really did you know, no, you know what? he must have because you won't, you don't pause unless you're actually unless you were actually considering it, right? I guess, yeah, but not necessarily for slip, but just like for what it means. For no, him. You're, not, you're not gonna you're not gonna pause for yeah. dramatic effect, right? You yeah, know, yeah. You, so he thought about it, and it didn't take him long. You know, like, no, the right you have to you you have to. This is the right. right. This is the the. There's no other move here. You let him live, things just start falling apart. So you cut him off. Great, really cool. For again, framing the way that the the camera work in this episode was on point. I'm not sure who I got to check to see who the director was for this episode, um, but it was so good. Um, let's see how can I can pull it up here. Do 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 do. It's in here somewhere. Anyway, I'll find it later. Um, but uh, oh, director Mark My- Malloyd. Mark Malloyd. He sounds familiar. <laughs> uh, he is most famous for. Oh, he's done some Entourage and other, uh, some other stuff like that. But he's also going to be doing the TV movie for Minority Report. Some Backstrom. He's done a lot of TV stuff. But um, anyway, uh, I guess his name isn't as familiar as I thought. Point is, I thought he did a really good job. Did this, a great job, yes. Yeah. Um, so there's only one more scene, unless there's anything else you want to mention about with uh, with, with John. Um, just uh, like John becoming a leader and kind of you know, approaching it in a somewhat different way than Daenerys did. Like she was unsure of her decision, and she did it anyways. And it, you know, she didn't, she didn't understand how people would react to it. Whereas John knew that for the men in the Night's Watch, he had to set that tone, and then also that Stannis approves. That's 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 his. Yeah, he gives like a nice little nod. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, you know, Stannis had a nice line about how he's lot like his father's son. It's pretty much yeah. a line that we've all been thinking. For a long time. That's another thing that's important with with all that uh, the scene work and stuff. That he not only it, Stannis says early in the episode that he is his father, and then he looks the part too. Yeah, man, that you know, I I'm sticking with my brand being my favorite scene just because it's it's such a well put together scene. But mm-hmm. this has got to be like close, it's like A one yeah. or you know A two or whatever one A one B. It really means that you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, no one says no one says A one though, <laughs> and A two, um, unless you're talking about steak sauce. Um, okay, so there's one last scene. Uh, we I, I would have almost preferred them end on the John stuff, but I I'm, I I actually don't know why they did that that way. I don't know when if they, they ended with they ended. I guess they it was more of a cliffhanger. The, yeah. Yeah, they but, ended with the first episode with the Night's Watch stuff. I mean. We went over this again, but that's kind of sort of some of the the coolest stuff is going on, um, is with John at the Night's Watch. So, 
Um, I kind I, I get why they may be reluctant to just end every episode there, <laughs> you know. Um, so we have a we're on the road to Marine. This really cool like establishing shot of like this like city on a bridge, which I thought was really cool. It's town. all part of Volantis, I think. I can't remember. It's, it's called the Long Bridge, and it's just a bunch of. It's almost like a shanty town that's built on top of the bridge. Yeah, it's, it's it. It looks really cool. Point. And then we have there's a you know he's like he he's in a box. There's this, again ongoing scene, but he needs to get out, right? So, um, <laughs> they get out, and then exposition time. And again, I love it. I love the exposition where he's explaining the like the different slave tattoos of like the flies, the tears, and the hammer for different roles that the mm-hmm. slaves play. Um. Then you have the moment where they're looking on to that. Again, there's this. There's the second actress, uh, actor, actress that uh, you might recognize. She's the girl from the Wolverine. I can't remember she, what her name was in the the Wolverine, but she's playing a red priest. Mm-hmm. She's also an arrow. Is she? Is she an arrow? Yeah. Is she in Wolverine? In the too? in the in the flashbacks. Oh, okay. But is that the same person? Or am I thinking of there's a different girl in the Wolverine? Or I'm thinking. Of uh, I'm not sure. But I know she's an Arrow. Oh, so maybe she's from Arrow and not from the Wolverine. Or maybe she's from both. I'm not sure. Can't remember. Not the point. Point is, Red Priest. And, uh... Stess. Sorry? She has a name? No, she's a Red Priestess. Oh, Priestess. Whatever. <laughs> uh, um, I thought her name was Stess. <laughs> um, you have a nice line by Tyrion where you remember... What, who did you say? We only had one Red Priest in, uh... Yeah, and it, Thoros Amir. Thoros Amir, yeah. We have a show. Yeah, like twice ever, I think. He had that flaming sword that was really cool. <laughs> no, Beric Dondarrion had the flaming sword. Ah, Thoros whatever. gave him the flaming sword, essentially. <laughs> okay, whatever. We, neither, neither of those um, characters we've seen for a long time. Yeah, the brother he's, hasn't been yeah, in it. We'll put it that way. Um, so, that's cool, whatever. They get this weird, she gives this really weird, creepy stare. And they're like, you know, maybe we should uh, go. So they go to they go to uh, our second brothel of the episode. Mm-hmm. If you've been keeping track, and uh, you you have a, you know then you have again more um, uh, uh, cosplay cosplay yeah <laughs> essentially you know and then you have Tyrion kind of like wooing this this prostitute like only Tyrion knows how, um, and then has this moment of like he can't do it he can't. You can't just pay for sex, apparently. Um, and I guess it has something to do with... Um, with Shay. With Shay, right? And you have to assume... Uh, well, Shay, and I guess if you're a book reader, the whole the whole thing with... His uh, first wife. His first wife being a... Yeah. But again, that's nothing to do with the show. Point is, he can't do it, which is really... It was like really like unexpected. Like This is like classic Tyrion. Like, okay, he's going to have sex with a hooker. You know, like, we're cool with that. So he's Go growing. Ahead. He's changed. So, Yeah. He can't do it, and it's like really, it's like it's like really upsetting for us. It's really upsetting for him. He goes to take a pee, and uh, we find out that uh, our old friend, uh, what's his name, Jorah Mormont. He, he was in the in the yeah. brothel earlier too, but yeah, we see him uh, in there with his. With and he's kind of like pissed off that the hooker is uh, Daenerys, or is pretending to be Daenerys. Yeah, or he was there to have sex with that. Hooker. Maybe <laughs> he could be read into either way. Um, he's seems a little bit down in the dumps. You know, last time we saw him, he was outcast, right? Um, so he takes Tyrion hostage. Um, and then he says, I'm taking you to the queen, which is, I think, intentionally uh, vague, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Because we know that the uh, price on his head is not from uh, Daenerys, right? It's Cersei, who's not even technically the queen. So you, I guess you could say, well, it's not very vague because Cersei's not the queen, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, as far as Jorah knows, maybe she is, and like, I don't know if he's heard about the wedding. And also, yeah, she's the queen regent. She's the queen for all intents and purposes still. Yeah, so... Almost. So are we to... I don't see... This is what I'm saying. Do, is he taking her to Daenerys? Because then they're like, okay, fine. It'll, that'll probably work out fine. Or is he taking her... Is he going to take him back to King's Landing? And the thing again, is, Jorah's whole motivation has been to get back to Westeros, right? He he was exiled and he was selling Daenerys' secrets for... Yeah, but that was his original ambition. Yeah. He, he gave that up a long time ago. Well... And then I'd kicked out. Yeah, but I think now I think that he's probably been looking for a way back in this whole time, and this seems this. But again, what like, does what value Tyrion, does Tyrion yeah. have to Daenerys? I'm not sure. Just that um, he's a Lannister, I guess. It seems, it seems like if that's your big play, as um, like to either either to either get back in the good books with Daenerys or to go back to Westeros, right? It seems like it's a, it's a weak one, regardless. Either, either way. And by the way, has he? Have they ever met? How did he? I mean, I mean, there's only so many dwarves, you know, in the world. But yeah, no, he uh, recognized him because uh, <clears throat> Jorah was at King's Landing at some like not in the show, but he has been to King's Landing. He he would recognize Tyrion. Tyrion's a recognizable face. Okay, all right, I'll allow it. All right, that's that ends the episode. It was a cool ending, I'll give it that, but not as cool as the beheading was. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see Danny. Although she was mentioned, uh, no great joys again. We mentioned that for a while, and uh, no Jamie. Uh, so, is there anything else? Yeah, is there anything else we 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 didn't see? We uh, we mentioned all the others we haven't seen too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we don't need to mention that Brand's not in it because no. he's not in the season, right? No. Yeah. But Rickon, I mean, again, <laughs> I'm I am I'm I'm on Team Rickon. I want to see him around again, please. Um. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Overall thoughts. I think we we spoken a lot about the pacing of the episode and it like everything flowed very well together. Um, that with the musical cues, like you said earlier, it, it actually affected you emotionally when with some of those reveals, you know. Mm-hmm. And like for me, like even if, whether or not I know these things are coming, I like essentially had goosebumps when they when they when the music kicked in and they you know it transitioned like that. Yeah. Um, so, I'm gonna finish your thought. Go ahead. No, I just I love all the stuff with John right now. That's why I said that's my favorite scene. I love him becoming the leader, and like you can see, like his face is stone cold, but he's he's contemplating everything and he's weighing his options. And it's good stuff. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I, John's still my favorite character at this point. I think um, he's got to be. Yeah, I mean, he's really the closest thing we have to a hero <laughs> at this point. Like it's like, and by closest thing, I mean like the only hero I think that we have on the show at this point. Some people um, might see Daenerys and Arya, but they're kind of all over the place. Yeah, and they they flip flop back and forth between doing things that are right and wrong. Where John seems has pretty much been on the right, like the side, like on decisions that are like noble decisions. He's never really done anything that's like overtly evil or wrong, really. Yeah. Um, and okay, like you mentioned, like I think I mentioned on Twitter uh, that I thought I was like I asked I was like, am I crazy or is this one of the best episodes I've seen like in a while? Like it's one of my new favorites. I did have someone say, yes, you're crazy. They hated this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, I'm like, okay, all right. You know, one out of a couple. Other people agreed that they thought it was really good. Uh, and then another guy was like, I thought it was really funny. He's like, that's pretty much how I feel after every episode I watch. <laughs> and um, so I don't know. You mentioned the pacing, right? And the pacing was, I think, um, rock solid in this episode. And it, maybe it's the fact that we, and we often talk about this, where there's, and it's a problem with the show, just based on how it works. That it, the pacing isn't always very good, and sometimes it's off yeah. a lot. 
The pacing in this episode was so on point that maybe I'm just kind of being fooled into thinking this is a really good episode by the fact that it has really good pacing. Um, but well, maybe that's I mean, good like, what makes them what makes a good episode, right? Like that's part of it, and, and it, they did a great job. We did, however, mention that the pacing was off in terms of the this like the them in the north. Yeah, well, just getting, that, to, getting to Winterfell like that. But I, understanding what like they're, they're rushing through the season and they're rushing through these storylines, so they can, like that's all. I guess overarching pacing it kind of makes sense. Yeah, and it's not so much the pacing that with the with the travel problems. That's not. It's the like how the characters are like. They really are developing and they're really like changing and growing, which is really and you're kind of you're really finally seeing those changes and how they and the differences are so stark in comparison to what they would have done. It, because it, because it, we've gone this far, it's the fifth season. You mm-hmm. can make those comparisons now, right? Where you couldn't do that before. Which and then that's that's, and this episode was full of, you know, this is how I was. This is where I came from. This is where I am now. And it, there's a lot of that. Like we said with the callback with Theon, with John, with um, Brienne and oh, Pod telling about what they're having, mm-hmm. uh, what they were doing. Like there's a lot of that stuff. It was oh, it was really good. And, and again, you know, what makes a good episode? I mean, my, it, pacing obviously apparently does help a lot. Um, but I, this is one of my new favorites. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a list in my head of like what my favorite episodes are. Obviously, the Red Wedding one is really is up there, right? Um, the last episode or the ninth episode of the first season is like right up there. Um, but um, it, this is. I just thought it was just so tight, really good. I'm really excited for uh, next week. It makes me tempted to just go and watch the pirate version. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do been, it. It's been tough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to refrain. That also, it is nice. Um, Watching in HD, right? I mean, the, we do know that the the pirate versions aren't very good quality. Which, yeah. And we've talked about how great the show looks. Is you're doing yourself a disservice by watching those, um, and not to mention taking in part with us when we talk about it. Would so we can. I think we can wrap it up there because sure. uh, yeah. I, you know, again next week I'm really excited to talk about that. I mean, it's called um, the Lords of the Harpy. So I think it's called the Sons of the Harpy. Hmm. Are you sure? Yeah. It might be called the Sons of the Harpy, but I feel like I. Why did I write the Lords then? I don't know. Let me let me see. You are yes, you were right. Damn it. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, the Sons of the Harpy episode, uh, season five, episode four. The Sons of the Harpy. But in the meantime, check out our website www.towerofbabblepodcast.com. That's where you're going to find all the stuff we do. Our other podcast, the Tower of Babel podcast, where we're going to be talking about the Star Wars trailers, the Jurassic Park trailers, the Batman vs. Superman trailers. Um, there's literally so much stuff to talk about. And if you guys like this <laughs> stuff, you're probably going to like that episode, too. You're going right? to find some crossover, yeah. Yeah, there's something there. Um, again, I mentioned our Twitter uh, stuff before, at Tower of uh, Subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Tower of That's where you're going to find all of our stuff. But again, the website, www.towerbabblepodcast.com. Is it ofbabblepodcast.com? Yeah. Yeah. Towerofbabblepodcast.com. It should really be that by now. <laughs> um, in the meantime, uh, subscribe and like us on iTunes, um, and we will see you guys next week for Season 5, Episode 4, The Sons of the Heart. Right. This week's Game of Thrones theme cover is done by the Blue Man Group. Of course, you can find their work at blueman.com. Bam, 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 bam,
That's a longer one. That's funny.